The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. You know the deal. Subscribe to us on whatever platform and you'll get notified every week when we drop the next episode. Everyone wants their child to have empathy, to be someone that cares about giving back to the community. But that's not as easy as just saying, have empathy, be a good person. Actions are how you teach those lessons. Today, we're gonna to be talking about volunteerism, how you can get involved, and how it can become part of your family's life. Our guest today is Theo Yu. Theo has been working with the Olympia First Baptist Church, feeding people experiencing homelessness for over 20 years. He's also gotten his daughters involved and made it a core value in their lives. Let's check it out. go work at uh, um, in a church that's close to downtown, Olympia First Baptist Church. It's right on the edge of downtown. And so I said, you know, serving a meal on a Sunday afternoon, that, I think that's something I could fit in my schedule. So that's what got me started. <laughs> nice. Well, so you're saying you've studied poverty. I think mm -hmm. a lot about homelessness and how it's a growing issue. And yes. I think a lot of people don't realize how close you could be to being homeless. Like if you got a really bad concussion or a mental illness, mm -hmm. missed a few paychecks. Yes. You know, I, it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because um, one of my uh, volunteers, you know, eventually I became in charge of part of the operation down there at Olympia First Baptist. So mm -hmm. I was also finding other volunteers. One of my volunteers, um, she was uh, homeless for many years. She worked for the state. Uh, and she quite suddenly became mentally ill and she lost her job, you know, ended up on the streets and then finally was, got the help she needed and came back. And she would come down to First Baptist to help us serve the meal. And during a break one time, she said to me, he goes, you know, she had been reconnecting with people she knew on the streets, friends. And she said, you know, Theo, you're really fortunate. I said, why? He says, you know, people are telling me, you know, how friendly and helpful you've been. So if you ever become homeless, you'll have lots of help. Mm. And I must have had this very, you know, dismissive look on my face, you know, like, no, not me. And she immediately looked at me and she said in the kindest, most gentlest way, she said, you know, Theo, it's just the size of the disaster. Mm. And wow, that just hit me you know, like a, a wall of bricks. Like what you said, that's right. You know, the, if the disaster is big enough, I could be homeless, my family, all of us. Yeah. Well, it seems like, you know, you just think like, that's never going to happen to me. I'm yeah, yeah. I got a good job, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen in life. Exactly. We never knew what would happen two years ago. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Um, you've talked to me before about the hill of poverty. Explain uh, that concept a little. Well, the, the hill of poverty, if you think of like, you know, just a, just a curve, you know, that's going up and down. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're fortunate and you know things go well, we we ascend this hill first by 
you know, we have housing, you know, hopefully that's safe and things like that. Um, we get um, we have an, we get an education and job training, then we start making an income. We have good mental, emotional health, etc. And most important of all, we start to develop we, if, with really good relationships. You know, people who are our peers, people who are older than us, or who, who really speak into our lives and provide some stability and some direction. And mm-hmm. if you just stop and think about it, you know, if you're like myself, where I consider I had a good career in politics and government, um, I can think of all those people who helped me along the way. You know, I can think of all the jobs I got, the schools I went to, the training. Well, what, ha- what I have found by talking and getting to know people, particularly who are homeless, is there's this, the hill of poverty is the descent. It's what happens on the other side if yeah. things start going poorly. Yeah. Um, living in your home may be dangerous because of abuse or alcoholism. So you end up leaving. Or, you know, you lose that job and you can't pay the rent or the mortgage anymore. And you start losing all those things that define your life. And then what happens is uh, many times is you start losing those relationships. Mm-hmm. And it may be because you, you've decided to turn to alcohol or drugs or whatever. Um, and that just makes it difficult to maintain those relationships. Well, so this show is about families and parenting. Mm-hmm. And how did you first get your children involved in doing charity work with you? Or what did that look like? Well, uh, I have to give you a little cultural context. I'm Chinese and my wife is Chinese, born and raised in the Philippines. I was born and raised in the United States. And so uh, some of this has to do with how within the Chinese culture, we, we act as a family, we raise our children. And uh, um, so the, the quick answer is, is that um, one of my roles as the father is to set the example. And then one of the roles of my, uh, my wife, Myra, is to encourage our children, in this case, we have two daughters, to, to follow that example. And so between the two of us, my wife and I, we sat down and discussed with our daughters saying that, you know, we think this is a direction our family would like to go in. This is something that we could do to extend ourselves and help other people. And we, they're quite young then. They were only five and nine. And we said, you know, you've seen people, you know, when we get off the freeway, standing there with signs and asking for help and everything. So um, those are the kind of people maybe we can have an opportunity to help. And so um, we would just bring them with us and uh, have them do small tasks first, like helping out in the kitchen, maybe restocking the shelves or cleaning everything. I mean, I said, they're only five and nine that time. And, yeah. and, and they did this all the way until they left Olympia for college. And it gave them increasingly more responsible tasks to do. It seems for a lot of children, I just think about kids on their cell phones or mm. just being kids. And the idea of let's go to the homeless shelter and do give some support. Like I could imagine for a lot of families that feeling like a tedious chore to kids or almost like a mm-hmm. Or something. Do you have right. any advice for how to get your kids more into it or thinking from a charitable mindset, even when they're young? Yeah, I, I think uh, part of that is not just on the parents, but the, let's say, the organization that you choose to volunteer with. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the signs of good organization they want to, that uh, uh, you might want to, when you're looking at them, who might we volunteer with is to uh, ask them so, what do you exactly do you do? Okay, 
And I think it's also ask, important to ask them, what do you not do? I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to help people who are homeless, but the greater clarity the people of the organization have about what they do, that's a good sign, okay? The other thing too is, is that do they encourage their volunteers, including your children? Because mm-hmm. as you, there's a difference between me as a father saying, oh, you did a great job. I'm so glad you did this and have them mumble in the back of the car. Yeah, you know, we had to do this, you know, because uh-huh. your dad versus other adults who genuinely come up and say, you know, you did such a great job, you know, folding those napkins and giving people, you know, the plastic fork and spoon. And, um, you know, if you come back again, uh, that would be so wonderful. Just to get that from other people outside mm-hmm. the family, I mm-hmm. think is really powerful. So it's the quality of the other people you work with, the other volunteers and the organization that's running that operation. Yeah. Are there other things you should look for when considering what organization to volunteer with? I think the other thing too is, is that no matter how simple the task is, even with children, is training. Mm-hmm. what training do you have to offer and it could be as simple as saying we will pair you or we will pair your son or daughter or whatever it is with someone who's already been doing this okay that's that's wonderful that that's great and or it might be more um more uh what is it not sophisticated but more planned out an act like an actual training class because you know you may have to have actual training so for instance when we first started out uh because it's a meal everyone who was there including my five-year-old daughter, had to go to Thurston County, the health department, and pass the food handler's exam and get, mm-hmm. and get a food handler's permit. So there's more formalized, I'll say, yeah, more formalized training as well. And do they encourage that? Do they connect you with that? Do they help you make those connections? You know? So the more, I guess, interest and support they show to the volunteers and the more gratitude they show, I think that shows that, that you know, that's the kind of organization you want to help. Yeah, I could also imagine a lot of parents like, well, I don't want my child around homeless people or that, mm-hmm. you know, people experiencing homelessness. Yes. That seems scary. Yes, yes. What, what's yeah. your response to those parents? Uh, then there are things you can do that are less scary. So, uh, for instance, uh, I'll just go back to first Baptist, my, my experience, which is a lot of people, or actually a lot of people, some people made well, just sat down and said to me, you know, when I was one of the leaders in this, or this operation, um, it scares me to be in contact with people like that. I go, mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So how about you work in the kitchen? Oh, okay, I could do that. Uh-huh. Or how about during the week, we have all these organizations, wonderful organizations who donate food to us, who donate, you know, detergent. And so uh, would you like to you know, bring your kids along and pick those things up. And during the week or in the evening, just drop them off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that where you don't have to have direct contact with the people that we serve the meal to. And there's just, you know, talking those through, but yeah, it's, I really always, I appreciate the honesty people had and said, you know, this is really scary for me. And if it's scary for the parents, the kids are probably a little, you know, nervous as well. So finding them, once again, a place where, yeah, you can fit in, you can serve, and we'll train you, and we'll thank you. (laughs) There's so many ways to get involved. Yes. We're talking about what makes a good organization, but what makes a good volunteer with an organization? Oh, thanks. You know, um, I'll I'll tell you, from from the perspective of someone who had to, uh, you know, run the meal, serve the meal, do cleanup, everything. What I really appreciated were, uh, first of all, volunteers who truly are interested in doing the task, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's cooking the meal or serving the meal or sweeping the floor or resetting the tables, who truly interested in doing that. 
And then the other thing that really helps is uh, volunteers who, once they decide, yeah, this is something that, that I can do, my family can do, that they come back. And mm-hmm. they come back consistently. Now, that doesn't mean every day. <laughs> it doesn't mean five days a month. But even if all you can commit to is uh, we will come the first Saturday every month and, and, and we can count on that, that is gold. That certainty is gold, okay? And then, and if you can't make it, calling saying three days or two days beforehand, giving us enough time to find someone to replace you, that is gold also, that courtesy. So I think commitment at whatever level you can do, and then the courtesy of saying, hey, I can't follow through on that our commitment this time, that's gold, that's wonderful. Now, I always said, you know, if I had a group of, uh, you know, volunteers who were all experienced, you know, let's say, you know, whatever it was, 15 people to, to run serving the meal versus a group of 20 people, 25 people, mostly who are new, I'd, you know, I would prefer <laughs> to take the group the experience. It's just so much easier. Uh, but, you know, there's also the great opportunity to train all those new people. Totally. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I coordinate a lot of volunteers. Too. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. And then when you get your A team together and they're consistent, it's like, yes. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It means so much. Yes, I feel the same way. You know, and it means a lot to, we call them guests. Everyone who comes for a meal, mm-hmm. we, to our guests, to see the same faces all the time, you know. And well, having to, consistency in your life, too. A lot yes. of people don't have that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, periodically I would ask our guests, why do you come? Because when you think about it, for a person who's been homeless, they're pretty much free to do whatever they want on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. They can come to us for a meal, they can go someplace else, whatever it is. And um, one of the answers they gave me is, is because we know you'll always be here for us. Wow. In 25 years, that meal at uh, Olympia First Baptist never missed a Sunday. 25 wow. years, not one Sunday. And, and with the pandemic, yeah, there was a discussion snow, what we're going to do. Yeah, we decided to hand out sack lunches. We can't do a hot meal or a sit-down hot meal anymore. So for 25 years, we haven't missed a Sunday. It's because our guests have told us that that's important, to them, that predictability is important to them. Mm-hmm. Do you think people should kind of analyze their intentions when going in to volunteer or have you had volunteers where it's like, I don't know if you're doing this for the right reason or what should be people be thinking about when getting into volunteering? I'm a manager or I was a manager. And uh, within an organization, you always want to, they're always encouraged. You give them the tools and the opportunity to build, you know, your, the best team possible to deliver the best performance. And that's a great model in organizations, okay? And I'm glad I learned all those skills. I'm glad I had had those opportunities, the successes as well as the failures. But I found volunteers are very different. And what I might be that is I've I've had to learn to change my mindset and basically let volunteers know, come as you are, come as you are. Just be honest about it, okay? Uh, Your intentions, your thoughts, what you think you wanna accomplish here. Because we have a range of volunteers. We have high school kids who come, uh, some, some of the best people I worked with were young people who were sent there uh, and young adults who were sent there by the courts. They were told to do community service. Uh-huh. Okay? 
and it's great to have conversations. I know you you have to come here or some other place to do this, but why do you keep picking us over and over and over? And I realized that the, the problem lay with me. I needed to learn how to listen to my volunteers and say, and understand, oh, this is why you're here. Let's figure out why that is. And over time, they would change. And the change that I was always looking for and hoping for was a direction towards an attitude and a reason, which is I really, really like serving the people who come for a meal. Because that's why we're there. It's for the people who need the meal. I was always said it's important to serve a meal, but it's more important to make our guests feel that we are sharing a meal with them. So I would have some of the volunteers get a cup of coffee, go sit down at the table with them, go get in the food line, get a meal, sit down. So I had to learn to let the volunteers start wherever they're at and kind of grow into their volunteering. As a parent, you're trying to instill values in your mm -hmm. children and those early experiences are so important mm -hmm. i remember my family volunteering at a homeless shelter mm -hmm. and it's like that's very vivid in my mind mm -hmm. definitely yeah. I, I imagine too it almost plays into your family identity like we are this type of family yeah yes you know my daughters left olympia to go to college one went to pittsburgh the other went to cleveland and uh, what I didn't realize the impact would be is that when they got there, um, they, the, one of the first things they did is they wanted to find a church that was serving the poor and homeless. Mm -hmm. They just did it all on their own. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, you know, you know, they're away from mom and dad. They don't have to do this anymore. And it just became part of their life, you know, and then it extended uh, beyond the church to other organizations and things like that, where it's like, yeah, if you're serving the poor and homeless, we want to hear about it. You know, we want to help you out. So it started at the church, but now it's, it's permeated their lives. So I'm, I'm so happy about that. Not to get super spiritual or anything, but I think that that's kind of a way that your legacy lives on. Like people mm -hmm. may, you know, forget you or not know your name, but the values you teach your children that they go on to teach, it's like those values and ideas mm -hmm. exist beyond you. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think that, yeah, there, there's a spiritual sense to that, but there's also a really just deeply satisfying emotional sense. <laughs> just knowing that, yeah, I, I think I pass on something important and valuable to, my, to our daughters, yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here. You have any uh, closing thoughts or words you want to share with us? The only thought I have is, is that there, there are so many opportunities out there. And I, I think the so the real challenge is, is just telling yourself, uh, we're going to get started. Okay? You know, there's so many organizations, you know, that I've come in contact with, some I work with pretty regularly. They all have you know, volunteer opportunities. So you should be able to find one for yourself and your kids that's comfortable for where you're at and uh, what you want to do. So my final thought is just get on your phone, get, you know, <laughs> send an email, call them saying, hey, we'd like to explore some volunteer opportunities with your organization. Sometimes getting something started is the hardest part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's get started. <laughs> Thank you, Theo. Get involved, people. I want to take a moment to acknowledge a real hero in our community here in Olympia, Washington, especially within the hip hop community. Jose Gutierrez, aka Love a J, passed away peacefully last Friday. 
And he's someone who dedicated his life to be of service to others. He's one of the most charitable-minded people I've ever had the privilege of knowing. He will be missed. And his spirit lives on through all the people that he had an impact on. We love you, Love Jay. Peace.